You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Yeah, we're all right. Yeah, what's going on, friends? You don't usually talk right now. No, I don't. No, it's not my turn. But today, it's my turn to talk now. Georgie, a little bit under the weather, came in. Excuse me. He did one of those. Couldn't even do his voice until I took a little bit of an L there. But yeah, Georgie's voice isn't uh, up to snuff. Jinx. Jinx. Oh, what? What? <laughs> Look at you two. <laughs> what? It's all right. Patty and I are in sync, obviously. <laughs> My goodness. Hope everyone's doing well. Welcome to your Friday. My name is Maddie Rose. Patty Dumas. Alex Brody in the other room. Boys, what a week it's been. What an evening it was. The Flames take a loss. The hands of the Montreal Canadiens. Cannot score goals right now. Jacob Markstrom sucks at hockey. His words, not mine. And you look towards Capitals game on Saturday, I guess. Yeah. <sighs> 13 seconds in. Just awful coverage in the middle of the ice. Breakaway. Bad decision. Slick ice. Markstrom basically slides out to the middle of the rink. And uh, gets beat by Uri Slavkovsky. Mm-hmm. First overall pick in the most recent draft, scoring just his fourth goal of the season. Sean Monaghan, primary assist, duh. Because he why not? To. Because why not? Yeah. He'd assist on the game winner on the power play late in the game, too. That's a tough one, man. That is a tough one for the Calgary Flames. We're going to dive into that all day long. Uh, thank you once again for checking it out. We are live in Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio on the corner of 7th and 5th. And we got a pretty good show lined up for you. We got uh, the morning report coming up at 6.30. I wrote it. We still don't know who's going to voice it. TBD as we're kind of doing everything by the seat of our pants here in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to have Jeff Blair on. He is the co-host of the Kick in the Grass podcast and show with Blair and Barker, of course, Canada's World Cup has now come to an end. On to the elimination state. Well, we got a little bit more group action. Um, Finally, a group stage. Final day of the group day of uh, the group stage um, before we do get into the knockout round. But as a result, we do know a lot of teams that are in, and we know that a lot of teams are out. Jeff is going to join us around seven thirty. That'll be right in the middle of hour two of today's podcast episode. And then hour three, really excited for our third hour. Uh, Peter Labardius is going to join us, always stops by, uh, and always has a great time. That'll be just after 8 o'clock. We're going to be talking about the Calgary Flames and what comes next and how much Dan Vladar we're going to be seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of talked about it on the show yesterday. I did say I thought it was going to be a Jacob Markstrom start. It ends up being a Jacob Markstrom start. Now it's probably the last one he sees on this homestand. Yeah. As he uh, works to get himself right. Uh, And we'll get into all of his post-game comments with Lou. To Joe Beninati, the Capitals play-by-play announcer for NBC Sports Washington, has called a lot of Alex Ovechkin goals in his life. The Capitals currently on a little roadie. That saw Alex Ovechkin pass Wayne Gretzky for the most road goals scored in NHL history. Uh, earlier this uh, trip when he was up in Vancouver. 
Uh, scored two goals against the Canucks to not only tie the record, but to break the record in the same night. So we'll talk to Joe just after 8.30 and tee up Saturday night's game as the Flames get set to host the Washington Capitals. You can always take part in the show. 960-960 is our text line. Highly recommend that you hop on in, give us your thoughts on yesterday's game, and just give us kind of those general uh, thoughts on how the Flames are playing right now. Because, listen, a lot of people are going to look to Jacob Markstrom and say that that can't happen. And I feel like quite fair in that assessment. But the team also didn't score a lot of goals yesterday. Just the no. one goal. You could only beat Jake Allen once on 46 tries. So we'll get into all sorts of things with the Calgary Flames as the day goes on, uh, our text question today, uh, it's going to stem from uh, stem from a little comment that we had from Jacob Markstrom at the end of his press conference yesterday. Nothing really. I just suck at hockey right now. So, I just suck at hockey right now. One more time, Alex? Nothing really. I just suck at hockey right now. So that was after he was asked about what happened uh, between him and Josh Anderson. Uh, that led to the little slash, and then Anjuman Japani got in Anderson's face. It led to just one roughing penalty, and all of a sudden, you're you're down bad. You're on the PK, and and the Flames PK has it started out very good, but is kind of middle of the pack right now, especially by the numbers. I believe they were 16th on the PK going into yesterday's contest. And they allow the the seam pass to Cole Caulfield there. He rips that shot, no problem. But all of it kind of stems from a little bit of unnecessary swing from Jacob Markstrom, which saw Josh Anderson get into his face. And then, of course, Marky goes, uh, I just suck at hockey right now. So we want to know on the text line today, 960-960, what do you suck at right now? Maybe get some tickets out of it. Maybe get you some tickets out of it because a little bit later on the show, we'll probably do it around 8.30 after we chat with Joe. That way people have uh, all day to, to fire them up. Yeah, okay. Uh, maybe even take a couple of calls just after 7 o'clock, but we'll see uh, how we're feeling about that. But your text, 960-960, what do you suck at right now? And we'll read some of them on the show. And the one that we like the most, the one that we can maybe relate to the most, I don't know how what, what it's going to be, but we're going to eventually pick one of your answers about you sucking, <laughs> and it's going to win you a couple of tickets to the Flames and the Capitals so you can suck back a couple of dome foams. Against the Coyotes Saturday. on Monday. Oh, against the Coyotes on Monday. Yes. right? So that means that we probably gave away the, the Capitals tickets to for the... the Roos Chris giveaway? That's probably what that is. That's probably it. That makes sense. But nevertheless, you can go back and suck back a few dome foams against Arizona Coyotes. That'll be game four of the five-game homestand for the Calgary Flames coming up on Monday. They're going to close it out on Wednesday against the Wild. That'll be game five of five. And then, if I'm not mistaken, it's a little road trip out east. They've only got two more eastern road trips uh, before this Eastern schedule is done for the Calgary Flames. You get so. them out of the way early, which is pretty good. They don't have to worry about them so much in the second half of the year. But they've only got one more after after that road trip. It'll be four games following the All Star break. Well, they'll head out. They'll head out east. And they'll play like Detroit and 
the Rangers, I think, is another game in there. There's a couple yeah. more too that I'm that I'm forgetting, but there's a handful of Eastern Conference teams they have yet to play that uh, that'll come up in February. But you're right, for the most part, they'll be done playing out in the Eastern Conference uh, after that road trip coming up next week. But for now, the focus is on today and Jacob Markstrom and the Calgary Flames. Um, like I said, I wasn't overly surprised that he started. Because he is your $6 million goaltender. Mm -hmm. He had won four of his last five starts going into yesterday, despite not playing well. And for me, it's not that everything has been a a total, total bust. Like, again, look at it. He only allowed two goals yesterday. One was on the power play. The one was an obvious stinker, but that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Every game he's getting between the pipes, he's letting up an obvious stinker. And usually... At a time that feels crippling, especially as the first period kind of comes to an end, it's still scoreless. The Flames have been the dominant team in the first period, but you're down one nothing, uh-huh. and all you can think about is, man, just stay in your net, man. It, I, I get it. it's magnified by the fact that yeah. you know the, the they're not scoring. There is no offense. Uh-huh. Plus forty shots, and you come up with one goal. Uh, Twelve shots on the power play, nothing to show for it there. It's just yeah, you could you could blame the goalie, and yes, he's got to do his job. And yeah, I'm not blame, I'm not uh, putting it by Markstrom there on that first goal. Like you take that goal away, the Flames might have a better result, at least get one point out of it. But uh, you look across the league, goaltending is struggling. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's it's Markstrom's not look alone. around the Pacific Division. Yeah. Look at Seattle; they're winning games despite the fact that their goaltending is getting a little more shaky as it goes along here. Edmonton, yeah. Vancouver lost Demko last Vancouver night. Vancouver lost Demko, and Demko hadn't been good. Cal Peterson got put on waivers early. Like outside this of week. Logan Thompson in Vegas, this division is not looking the greatest <laughs> with goaltending. <laughs> no, it certainly is not. Yeah, Logan Thompson's outstanding. Just listen to everybody be like, "Oh, you can't play the NHL in the offs." And now, yeah, okay, sure. But did you see me at the end of last year? He was actually pretty good. Yeah. So. Um, but I did want to play this, Daryl Sutter's comments on that first goal, too. Well, it wasn't just on the goalie. I mean, Sean had the whole middle of the ice. There's certain coverage there that's on the first face-off that should be there. Right? And he's not wrong. Nope. Like, granted, a lot of times when a goalie gives up a bad goal, there's usually a breakdown in front of him at some point in, in the play. But there... That's right. 13 seconds in, opening draw. I know you're excited. Sean Monahan's back and all that jazz and everyone's fired up and bleary-eyed, looking at 91, skate around. I love that he did his little wave around without his gloves on because that's so Sean Monahan. <laughs> yeah. Like he constantly would get his gloves changed out when he was a flame and sitting on the bench. So I thought that was just like a, a perfect little note. Yeah. See him skating around, <laughs> just bare hand on the stick. That'd be Sean. Um, but with that, you, you, you just you're giving up the middle of the ice. Hannafin and Anderson, who I have been big fans of lately, I think that they've been playing very well. And honestly, the top four with Tanev and Weger had a great night um, prior to uh, prior to this setback in Game One of the homestand against the Panthers. But can't give up that middle of the ice. I think Jacob Mark just got to understand. You're 13 seconds into a fresh period. If you go out and you slide, like you're going to slide for a long time. You can't make that play, but you, you really don't want to be giving up that type of a chance early on in the contest either. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a, 
you know, a hero or goat type of thing. All of a sudden, if he makes that stop and maybe slides it forward instead, maybe you catch a couple Canadiens yep. deep in your own end and, and take advantage of a little bit of chaos there. But obviously, that's not the way it went. Yep. And he wears it on the chin. Yeah, like, it's, I, I know, like, one of the plays that stood out for me later on in the game where the Flames were starting to ramp up the pressure, they had the three-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought Huberto should have shot that there instead of passing it back to, I believe it was... Was it Dubé that was stopped? I think it was Backlund Back- that was shot. To okay. Foley, Huberto, and Backlund were the ones on the yeah, rush Yeah, Foley there. shot. That's right. Um, it just feels <sighs> like in situations like that, a three-on-one, that Huberto's got to make it. He's scored on that type of stuff before this year. It's just something to get these things. It's simplifying the thing. They're making that two, that extra pass again, and it's not. they don't need to do it as much. Like For that one, I understood it. Okay. There, I'm like, okay, go to third pass. Jake Allen is playing out of his mind right now. Again, yeah. The other defenseman didn't know what he was doing. He didn't get a stick in any lane whatsoever. He was essentially a pylon in a drill while those three zipped it around. And Allen makes a great save. He makes that great save on Lindholm. Like, the only time they were able to beat him was when he was on the other side of the net. It was a wide-open cage. And even then, you know, it kind of sat on Lindholm's stick for a second. And I went, better hurry up. He's going to get over there the way he's playing today. Exactly. Yeah, just uh, sometimes the goalie's just going to have one of those days, and I think Pat mentioned it in the postgame. Jake Allen he plays really well against the Calgary Flames. So, like, it's just 45-plus uh, shots, and the other team can well, – what did Montreal end up finishing with? It was around 19-20. I got it right here for you. They ended up finishing with – Jacob Markstrom allowed two goals on 19 shots. So they had – So they had 19 shots. Hey. Yeah. Jake Allen was your first star. Sean Monahan, your second. Les Lindholm, your third. But yeah, exactly. It's only 19 shots. I, I thought he made some decent saves during the game, for sure, whenever Montreal was giving up a chance or two. Mm-hmm. But you bring up a great point. Uh, Jake Allen against the Flames in his career, going into yesterday, was 9 6 and 1 with a 2 7 2 goals against and a save percentage of 9 08. So solid numbers, yeah. for sure. Uh, he sets a new season high. For both shots and saves made, um, facing 46 shots and making 45 saves. Previous high was 43 and 41, November 8th against Detroit. It's not a career high because one time he faced 51 shots against the Leafs back in March of 2022, and he was able to stop 49 of them. He's a guy who does well when he uh, deals with a lot of shot volume, but... He was outstanding. He stole the game for the Habs yesterday. There was a lot of times where he was making some some ten belt say I didn't. I haven't gone over to natural stat trick and checked out uh, what they've clocked him in at for the high danger saves in yesterday's game. But overall, he was kind of the story for me. I thought it was great that Sean Monahan had a couple of points, but I didn't feel like he was you know dominant in the game. That was a fun side storyline, but for the most part. Got to tip your hat to Jake Allen. That guy's playing really well right now. Yeah. 11 high-danger shots against. He stopped 10 of them as per natural stat trick. At 5-on-5. (laughs) That's pretty good. Whereas Jacob Markstrom faced three high-danger shots against. He was able to stop all of them. That at 5-on-5. But, you know, 3 versus 11. That's pretty significant. Massively. Yeah. It's just back to the drawing board again. Trying to figure out. It's just whatever it's a call-up. Something needs to happen here to just try and get some life into this team somehow because your goaltending is obviously your main guy's not having feeling it right now. Vladar's been great, but you know, it's 
you're even leaving him out in some games mm-hmm. where he's he's doing all he can and you can't get the full points because it falls on that offense. So uh just disappointing against a team that you you should beat. Like looking at like you looking at you look at the expected goals and everything and all the analytics is Calgary wins that game eight times out of ten probably. Nine times, Nine times out, of 10, out of ten. Sure. So it's like yeah, it's just it's gonna it's be disappointing. One, it is disappointing, especially it? because the game earlier this week against the Florida Panthers, I thought they also played quite well. That one was a little bit more. That, but that Florida one. showed more signs of that. Yeah, we they, there was more. Yeah, time yeah, where Florida sustained pressure against Calgary, and they were able to stand in there and, and hold it on. But last night it was it was all flames. Yeah, exactly. Like it was, you know, I I was surprised to see that the offensive zone possession time when they finally threw it up in the third period was yeah. like 15 minutes to 10 minutes. I thought that that would have been more of a tilt in the Flames edge, but it, maybe in the third the, the Habs were able to get a little bit more. But I thought the first 40 minutes were played primarily in the Canadiens' end. Calgary coming off that 6-2 win against the Panthers. Once again, like I said, I thought they played pretty good. Yeah. But just couldn't finish, a couple of goaltender gaffes, and you end up losing this one. But there's things to certainly build on. You know, this is a team that if they end up burying some of those chances, some of those top guys finish those, we're talking about a completely different story, right? And that's something Daryl Sutter talked about after the game, too. Guys that need to finish, right? They're the, they were the, if you look at it, they're your top guys that had a lot of good, a lot of good looks tonight. I mean, the goal we scored was an empty net goal. Good play, but you know, Lindy gives him a little poke, and then and then uh, Jonathan makes a good play. But there's there's several opportunities that was just player and goalie. So finish the deal. And I know uh, a lot a lot of Habs fans be saying, uh, "Oh yeah, just just a little poke there by Lindy, hey." And the goal we scored was an empty net goal. Good play, but you know, Lindy gives him a little poke and then and then uh, Jonathan makes a good play. But there was, yeah, it just makes a little poke there. A little poke. Um, yeah, when I saw that one live, I was like, oh, he's probably headed to the box. Oh, no. Oh, this is going to end up in the back of the net. Oh, yeah. Well, that's talking point tomorrow in Montreal. There you go. Right on. Uh, but then, of course, they end up do, uh, winning that game. If it goes the other way, I wonder what Montreal is saying. Hey, um, there was one other instance that I wanted to touch on really quick. We'll get into more of this in the morning report, and I want to ask you a little bit about Team Canada. But... Did you? What did you think of the moment when Jake Allen lost his mask and they didn't blow the play dead until the Flames get the puck back? Especially after talking about the Connor Hellebuck yeah. situation recently in Winnipeg, which you're a little bit more versed on being a Winnipeg guy. But essentially what happened was Hellebuck lost his mask and then moments later there was a goal scored, correct? Yeah. There was a, co- there was a couple passes made before the goal was put in. So that's what Hellebuck was really, ma- really mad about with that one. So he was mad because they didn't blow the puck because the other team had, they didn't blow the whistle because the other team had the puck, right? Yeah. So in this situation, Jake Allen lost his mask, but the other team didn't have the puck and they didn't blow the whistle. And then as soon as the Flames got the puck, everyone on the Habs said, hey, our guy lost his mask. I just, yeah. what, are, what are we doing here, guys? Are we blowing it dead or are we not? Yeah, there's a lot of things going on with goaltending. Uh, like there's there's talk about, I believe it was in the 32 thoughts with that Elliot wrote. Uh, Only 22 thoughts. It was 22 Come thoughts. On, like, wait, where's the other 10? No, uh, he does a great job. And yeah. I, I don't mind that he's uh, Take a little break. not always doing 32. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> this is a slow, maybe a slow week. The guy does two podcasts a week. Yeah. He's constantly on the horn getting all the, the juicy scoops for you. And he's got to talk to Merrick five times a week. That's difficult, isn't it? 
Anyway. Uh, yeah, and if you ever listen to that, you can tell that sometimes Elliot is on the edge of his rope with Jeff, because Jeff can get a little <laughs> bit creative with some of his ideas. <laughs> Anyways, there was a suggestion back in, I think it was like 2014, to uh, put chin straps on the goaltending yeah. mask. Yeah, I heard that conversation. But uh, the goalies didn't want it, and regardless, it wouldn't have mattered, because the way the masks are designed nowadays, they're going to fly off regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it, it is something that they have the, they, the, the referees, the officials, the NHL need to look at with the goaltending right now. I think if any time the goaltender loses a mask, as long as he's not taking it off on his own, I think it's time that, that I think regardless of where the puck is, it needs to be blown dead. We, we, we don't need to look at Jacques Plante. You just need to go Google Jacques Plante's face and find out what happens when you don't play with a mask. It's stupid. Uh, so I think any time the, the goaltender's mask off, if it's not taken off intentionally, plays blown dead. And there's also them leaning against the post. Mm. The Matt Murray thing and Everyone all Everyone knocking the post. And yeah, that's happening yeah, a lot more around the league. So it looks like there could be the, the refs will be looking into something like that and like, hey, we're going to need to delay a game for if you're going to keep doing this. So I don't know. That's where I'm on the edge. I didn't like that. Like, oh, once the Flames got the puck, oh, whatever, we'll blow it dead. Yeah. yeah I was like, well, you should blow it dead. Unless the Habs are taking the puck out of the zone, heading towards the Flames net. Where Allen can safely put his mask back on, but that's what—that's exactly what happened. But then, he, <laughs> obviously, he's not going to like run into the corner to get his mask and put it back on. No. Like, why would he do that? No, exactly. He's all right. My mask is off. I, I'm so tired. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with that. So, yeah, I'm just making all these saves, Dev. Exactly where I was coming down on it. But yeah, I just think when that when that mask is off, blow the damn thing, dead. Um, yesterday. The Flames fall 2-1 to one to the Montreal Canadiens. We'll be all over that for the rest of the day. And right now, taking your text as well after Jacob Markstrom uh, chatted earlier. Uh, he said, uh, I suck at hockey right now. We're taking your text. What do you suck at right now? Preferably not too sad. I'd um, like to have a little bit of a, a smile at the end of reading them. But the best one, we're going to give you some tickets to the Coyotes game next week. Pretty sweet deal. Couple of um, yeah, okay responses. I suck at not winning Flames tickets for the Washington game. Kyle and Swift Current, I appreciate what you're trying to do there. <laughs> uh, I suck at officiating NHL games. Signed last night's referees. Just talk about how there was maybe a pretty blatant call missed on Elias Lindholm on the Flames goal there. But sure, we yeah, if, that, if that's if that's what's gonna do it for you. That's going to do it for you. Uh, George texted in, uh, I suck at working today. Thank you, George. George away today. Uh, just a little tickle in the back of the throat. Could not come in today. I uh, could not get it to work, but that's all fine. We'll talk to Georgie again on Monday. Team Canada wrapped up their World Cup calendar yesterday. Um, maybe just a couple of thoughts really fast here, boys. Um, that first goal, oof. There's a couple of moments throughout this tournament where I think it was uh, a little bit of a, um, hmm. Oh, Milan Borion. Maybe usually... we're not. Maybe we're not ready to win this thing. Um, which you know, <laughs> granted, I don't think a lot of people believed, but still, uh, it was a nice little eye opener as far as how far there is yeah. to still go for Team Canada. Yeah, it was definitely uh, for people that aren't uh, too in tune with the national team and the sport. It was definitely a humbling experience uh, down in Qatar for the for Canada. I mean, historically, like they didn't score in '86, so well, they got two goals down here in Qatar. So that's a step in the right direction. We can talk about Herdman's tactics and 
and whether or not he should have been using certain players that they maybe should have played in more of a defensive style in this tournament instead of out on the forefront trying to get the attacking, trying to get that goal. And, it, it, I mean, it helped. I mean, they, they were pressured Belgium all, all match, and then they, they got the early goal against Croatia. But then throughout the match, you could see the quality of these teams break down Canada's midfield and defense. So I think that's the goal for the CSA, John Herdman, and uh, looking towards 2026 is is trying to get more of these developed. The goal got you got to try. John Herdman, one thing he's done a really good job at with Canada since taking over the men's program is trying to find guys with dual national uh, national like citizenship mm. and whatnot. It's guys that are. That haven't been maybe even overlooked by by an England or or uh, maybe you know like somewhere else where they have like that that two the two passports and whatnot. So there's there's tons of opportunities out there, but it's also just developing in house here. It's 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 big. We'll talk with Jeff Blair. He he's got a lot of good thoughts on on where Canada soccer is headed, and it's not always a positive thought because it is a little scary. Yeah, the players are here, but the guys running the show not really trustworthy right now. Mm. And that's where I get a little freaked out. Yes, we're going to 2026 because we're hosting, but beyond 2026 and what's going to happen next year, it's just, I just feels like you couldn't buy a kit for this dang team. Mm. That's on the CSA. Like there's so many, and things. there was all the, the, the disputes about money going yeah, like up to this and it was the like, right pay. Uh, there's, there's Alfonso Davies has a certain deal that other guys don't have deals with. It's, it's just, it, it's just, it's loud. It's there was, noisy. there's a story about how, uh, Canadian soccer was selling jerseys and they basically got a cease and desist because yeah. they weren't giving royalties to yeah. the players. Yeah. It, you know what? You bring up a great point. There's a little it's bit of a messy. stain there's on There's a the... lot of bureaucratic BS that Canada soccer needs to figure out. Before I feel real confident where this program's headed. Hmm. Yeah, I don't love that. Um, but we do have some action today. We have a World Cup report brought to you by uh, Certainteed coming up a little bit later on. Our soccer report, pardon me, uh, coming up all before 7 o'clock. We'll take a break. We'll get you caught up with everything. Sports around the corner with the morning report. No Russick today. I'm Matt Rose, Patty Dumas, and Alex Brody here as well. Thanks for hanging, friends. Sports at 960 The Fan. Riding this train right into the weekend. Welcome aboard, friends. My name is Matt Rose, the big show. Typically with Russick and Rose. No Georgie today. A little under the weather. A little sick. A little sick. A little bit of dirts. Yeah, Too little, many terror bears last night at the Hats game. Yeah, have a dick. Without uh, having all those French cigarettes with all those Habs fans in town. A lot of Demorier. Demorier. I was smoking some Demorier's. So yeah, he sounds fine, but he'll be back, I guess, on Monday. Big show coming up. My name is Matt Rose, Patty Dumas in the other room, Alex Brody in the other room. Jeff Blair's going to join us a little bit later on, talk a little footy. Peter Labardi, oh, probably asking about Don Mattingly too, hey? Yeah, I mean, winter meetings start next week, so. Yeah, okay, we'll get a little, couple J's. sprinkle a little J's in there for yeah, you too, yeah. a little winter J's. It's only minus 25. Let's talk baseball. <laughs> Uh, Peter Labardi is going to join us at 8 o'clock. Flames Radio color analyst right here on Sports Day 960 The Fan. Thoughts on yesterday? Intrigued to get his thoughts. Of course, uh, called the game, did the post game, the whole nine yards. Joe Beninati from Capitals play-by-play of uh, are on NBC Sports Washington. Caps in town Saturday night. Should be a fun game. And Alex Ovechkin continues to chase history. We'll ask Joe all about it. 
And there's some uh, former Western Leaguers on that team that I want to ask him about, too. Yeah, a couple of Prince Albert Raiders. A couple of former Hitmen. Yes, sir. Sure is. So we'll dive into that all a little bit later on. But first... Oh. I had to reach. He had to reach. I had to reach. The liner's <laughs> over on Georgie's side there. All right. Uh, the Morning Report's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 50, 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Hey, good morning. Welcome to your weekend as we ride this train <laughs> into uh, what's going to be a chilly one. Nevertheless, we'll enjoy it. Flames fell to Sean Monaghan and his Montreal Canadiens yesterday. I uh, just sucked at hockey right now. We'll tell you all about it. It was one of 11 games on the schedule. We'll give you the latest and tee up tonight's light three-game slate. Thursday night saw the Bills and the Patriots kick off week 13 of the NFL. Snap face. And we've got some local notes for you all before we let you go. So let's hop in and have some fun. Chaotic armadillo. Flames and Canadiens last night, second tilt of a five-game dome stand. Jacob Markstrom getting back between the pipes after three of the last four starts went to Dan Vladar, but apart from that, no changes to the lineup. Return to Calgary for longtime finisher Sean Monaghan. Amongst Flames franchise, he ranks sit he he ranks ninth in games played, eighth in goals scored, third in game winners behind only Jerome McGinley and Theo Fleury had 47 of them in over 650 games as a member of the Calgary Flames. is off to a great start with the Habs as well and gave a great address to the fans through the media before the tilt. Yeah, no, just thank you. I mean, supported me from day one. Came in 18 years old and yeah, it's a special place and really enjoyed my time here. Man, I felt like him too there, right? Oh, I, tears. Like, I love that up dude, a man. Bit, man. Gosh. Oh. You know, I don't know if you feel the same, but me and you started working at this station in it right around 2013 yeah. when Sean Monahan was taking sixth overall. And um, yeah, I always felt like there was kind of like a, a parallel. Like the whole time I was here, the whole time he was here. And mm. it was just, uh, it was cool. He was the one guy that I think we all looked to after Jerome McGinley got traded. Yep. Yeah, it was really neat to see. It was I was more emotional for that than I was for Kachuk and definitely will oh, be for Gaudreau. Yeah. That guy was the best. Yeah. Like he came in as after uh, an era where 12 and 34 were the mainstays here for so long and uh you know, yeah, the success wasn't there and we could talk about how they they managed those assets at the end of their careers here, but you know, like, Monaghan was the first real high pick that panned out for them. Sixth overall. For this franchise that had picked sixth overall. And when he was healthy, uh, man, he was so good. 30 goals. 20 goals in his, in his sleep. year. 30 goals in his sleep. He was good. For the time that the te- they needed a player like that, he was perfect for the team. And, you know, they, they, they put guys around him. Goudreau fit in with him a year later. Kachuk came in. It was a fun time when everybody was healthy. It was good. Great start to the season for Monaghan as well. Actually, fourth in team scoring entering yesterday's game. He would get to be out there for the face, first face-off, first period of this game. Um, well, brutal start for the Flames. But Sean Monaghan was involved, so that's kind of neat. Monaghan's going to knock the puck in, chase after it. Mark Stravode stops him and comes loose. The Canadians score. 
A lot of Blue Blanca Rouge in there. Ugh. I have no idea what Jacob Markstrom was thinking when he comes out to try to play the puck. Goes down, can't block it. Yeah, the Habs fans were, I, I will say, I thought the crowd was a little smaller than I expected, but a lot of Habs fans, they gave him the Bronx cheer on his next stop. It certainly wasn't the way the Flames, and especially Jacob Markstrom, wanted to start the Swedish Ooh. netminder getting back between the pipes. That one, no good at all. Slick ice means long slides. And hey, he, he said it after the game. I think everybody saw what happened. And, you know, it's not a good play. 13 seconds in, Yuri Slavkovsky with his fourth NHL goal. Monaghan, the primary assist. On the other side of the ice, Jake Allen was outstanding. He stopped all 12 flame shots in the opening frame and most of the 13 shots in the second frame, too. The Flames held play for the majority of the first 40 minutes. They draw even late in the second. Center to Rushitska. Backhands it up to the boards. We've got a foot race for it. Lindholm taking down Matheson. And it's centered in front. Huberto centers it. Lindholm scores! The Flames find a crack in the armor of Jake Allen as Elias Lindholm puts the puck into the Canadian's net. Seventh of the season for Lindholm, a real sneaky pass from Huberto. He's got now uh, points in three straight. Flames had 52 shot attempts to just 24 for the Canadians as the game progressed into the third period. They'd get a quick power play, but unable to beat the Habs netminder Allen again. A little bit later, bit of a scuffle. Josh Anderson doesn't like an icing call, appropriately so. And uh, he looked to beat it out, but the call goes to Flames' way. Frustrated with the whistle, he kind of shovels the puck towards the net. It misses the net, but Markstrom takes offense. He slashes Anderson. A scrum ensues. The only player to take the penalty is Andrew Mangiapane which put the Canadians on the power play. Uh, I actually didn't really have a problem with the way that that was called, but it would not go well for the Flames. Saucers at near side to Suzuki. Suzuki, break line to Caldwell, who scores! Tic-tac-toe, Monaghan. pretty good. Yeah, those guys are great. Monaghan with the secondary assist, two points in the game. Daryl Sutter on the Habs power play goal. I mean, in the end, their power play scores goal on a, on a uh, very... Undisciplined penalty, right? The whistles went, and I have no idea why we retaliated. There's two of us retaliated there for no reason, and, and uh, you know, I can see if it's a three or four goal different game, but not a one-one game for sure. And uh, of course, that was when Jacob Markstrom would go on to say, after he was asked about that same play. I, Nothing really. I just suck at hockey right now. Yeah, exactly. Not good. Uh, so that was tough. Uh, that would be your final score. Two to one. Flames continue to push. They'd even get another power play opportunity, but Allen was stopping everything. 45 saves. A season high for 32-year-old Allen. That's a tough one for Red. Played well. Yeah. Got goalied. Your top build netminder. A couple of gaffes that end up costing them in a close game. I thought you guys did a great job and, you know, Again, I, I gotta be better. I suck right now, so I gotta be, I gotta step up and you know we're, we're playing good hockey and not letting men scoring chances in. But you know, we can't start behind every game. So goaltending issues lead to a couple goals, uh, but this is a group that only scored one goal on 46 shots. Need a little bit more offense too. Guys that need to finish right there. The they were the if you look at they're your top guys that had a lot of good, a lot of good looks tonight. I mean, the goal we scored was an empty net goal. Good play by, you know, Lindy gives him a little poke, and then and then uh, Jonathan makes a good play. But there's there's several opportunities that was just player and goalie. So finish the deal.
it's similar like the game against Washington last week. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of they they outshot Washington. Kemper was very good. Yeah, and they just can't find those those goals. Like we talk about ooh, greasy goals and everything. You don't win anymore with greasy goals in this league. It's it's a league that is just dominated by skill, and the Flames' skill is not working out right now. Got to get to the front, but yeah. It I know you got to get whatever you can get now, nowadays, yeah. especially when you're struggling to score. But it just feels like it's just point pass, point pass, shoot, point pass. You know, it's just it's simple. It's nothing looks nothing looks fun right now mm. with that offense. Yeah, not as high flying as you know some other teams in the league, but it's tough. It's tough for sure. Uh, next game is going to be on Saturday when they host Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. TV, TV play-by-play voice of the Cavs, Joe Beninati, will join us just after a 30-second segment of Hour 3 on the podcast as we tee up tomorrow's game. Let's check in with the other NHL action yesterday. And we'll begin with the Oilers, who wrapped up the second half of a back-to-back in Minnesota, taking on the Wild. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl both had their two points, but the Wild scored four unanswered goals turning a 2-1 deficit into a 5-2 lead as they skated to a 5-3 win. An outstanding game for Green's 97 as Kirill Kiprizov had a goal and two assists. Career-high point streak of 10 games now. He's got 17 points over 10 games. Also reached the 100-assist mark in his 158th career game. That's significant because it sets a franchise record for Fastest to 100 assists. The previous record was 230 games by Miko Koivu. He does it in uh, quick math, 72 more games or 72 less games than Koivu does. He is without a doubt the most talented homegrown talent the Minnesota has had. Yeah, it's special player to watch, and it's it's he's really exciting. And uh, I'm a I, Man, like Minnesota's waited 20-odd years for a player like this, and, uh, and they finally got it. Fun team. Very fun team. Uh, Canucks hosting Matt Kachuk in the Panthers. This looked like it was going to be a scoreless tie after 20 minutes of play, but then Matthew Kachuk would score and set off quite a series of events for the Cats and the Canucks. Gave one right away. Mahura in front. Backhand, they score, and it's Kachuk right out in front. Far circle, Forsling, a shot. He scores! Gus Forsling! From the left circle, Hornquist follows in, they poke away Lomberg and he scores! Ryan Lomberg picking up the loose change and the Panthers take a 3-0 lead, an onslaught here late in the first period in Vancouver. Doug Plagans on WQAM in Florida, three goals in 59 seconds to close out the first period. It's the fastest three goals in Panthers history and the fastest three goals scored this season. Not only that, But Thatcher Demko also hurt trying to make the stop on the third goal, left the game. Canucks lose this one 5-1. And I will say about the Demko, uh, you don't want to play doctor just by watching, but it's not like he got ran over by somebody. He just tried to make a save and then basically crumpled, which you never like to see. We talk about non-contact in football. Those usually being the most devastating injuries. as close as you can get in this game. Yeah, and uh, just note Matthew Kachuk, uh, franchise record for fewest games to reach 30 points. Yeah, and, pretty impressive. 22 games. Just 22 games. He's already got 30 points. It's the fastest uh, that a player has ever got to 30 points in their first 30 game in their first uh, tenure with the Florida Panthers. So that's it for CanCon. But we'd have some other intriguing tilts like the Kraken and the Capitals. Pacific Division team, and one of the top ones, too, against the Flames' next opponent. Caps actually opened up a 2-0 lead in the first, but Seattle would not go quietly into the night. 
as they tried to establish a new franchise record for the longest win streak in a season. Jaden Schwartz scored on the power play in the second. Yanni Gord scored late in the third, sending it to overtime, but boy, was it brief. And we're underway. Here comes Beneers down the middle. He hit the post and it goes in and it's over. <laughs> Matty Beneers, seven seconds into overtime, has won it for Seattle. That's John Walton on the Capitals Radio Network with the call. And we're underway. Here comes Beneers <laughs> down the middle. He hit the post and it goes in and Quick it's night. over. And it's over. Uh, question for you, Maddie. Yes, please. If uh, the awards were awarded today, yes. who's your Calder Trophy yes. winner? Is it Maddie Beneers yes. or is it Logan Thompson? No. Ah. Ah. Yeah, I got to think. Curse you. Yeah. I'm going to go with Maddie Beneers just so I can, um, you know, not double down on being an idiot here. But uh, I think Logan Thompson's off to a great start. I said it yesterday, man. There's a lot of people that were oh, Logan Thompson, oh, this guy, oh, third stringer, can't stop he was pretty good at the end of last year, and uh, that team's pretty good defensively. For a team as beat up as they were at the end of last yeah, year, Logan Thompson served he was, admirable, admirably. He was not the problem <laughs> at the end of the year. Like, if that team couldn't score a damn goal. Logan Thompson, what was he doing? He was making like 15 saves and shootouts when they needed one point and they would yeah. lose them. <laughs> like, what are you? Come on. We knew he was going to be fine. And now he's off to a great start. But it's a good race right now. It's a good race. A couple guys out east in Ottawa maybe they can have a conversation as well. Maybe a little Jake Sanderson. But I would have to argue that it is Beneers and it is... Uh, Logan Thompson in Vegas is your two front runners right now. First rookie to 10 goals this season is Manny Beneers. This is a crack and win a seventh straight. It's a new career high for our new franchise high for Seattle. Jason Robertson scored a hat trick. He's the first player to score 20 goals this season. Scored goals 20, 21, and 22. Stars took a 5 to nothing win over the Anaheim Ducks. Lots of cross-conference action last night, too. Avalanche beat the Sabres 6-4. Five points for Nathan McKinnon. His fifth five-point game. Tage Thompson scored another beautiful goal in this one, but they lost. <sighs> Jordan Martinock scored a hat trick for the Hurricanes. Second of his career. The Canes got by the Blues 6-4. Predators beat the Devils in overtime. That's just the second loss for the Devils since November began. 4-3 the final score there. The Penguins overcame a 2-0 and 3-2 deficit to beat the Knights by a 4-3 score. Tampa was taking on the Flyers in Philly. Pretty cool moment for the Bolts captain. Cross, I see in Cole, left corner, center, he scored! Oh. He went in! Oh. 1,000 for Steven Stamkos! Oh, boy. Ian Cole threw it in front. Nick Paul might have deflected that or it went in off hard. But Stamkos gets an assist. And the Lightning storm off the bench to congratulate their captain. <laughs> 1,000 points for Steven Stamkos. And the Flyers fans are just booing <laughs> because they're coming off the bench. <laughs> nice. That's, I, I that's so good. You don't usually see... I don't know. Whatever. That's... Yeah. <laughs> wow, Dave really hit the high note, hey, there. <laughs> he he over I'm not, not going to replay no. it. Usually I like to, but that was... 
I'll probably get some Espo. Really apologize. Yeah, and there's no Espo in there either. That's really surprising. Ah. Um, but apologies if I just uh, blew out a speaker in your car. Uh, you can <laughs> s- send your bill to Rogers in Toronto. Uh, Steven Stamkos gets the assist on Nick Paul as 11th, by the way. Stamkos, the first player to record 1,000 points completely as a member of the Lightning. And there's only seven other NHL players with 1,000 points. Can you name them? One of them did so less than a week ago out east. Say it again. There are seven other NHL players that have 1,000 points, active NHL players. Okay. Can you name them? And don't look at the morning report because it's on there and I know you have it. And don't look at the the morning skate. Not looking. looking. Ready, go. Oh, God. 1,000 points, active players. Stamkos. Yes. (laughs) That was easy. There's another guy that did it like last weekend. Holy crap. Plays out east. Holy crap. Um, I'm drawing a blank he's here. He's a captain. He's a captain. Well, Alex knows. Say it then. Is it Evgeny Malkin? Malkin is one. He actually skated in his thousandth game. Okay. Uh, Crosby. Um, but he has a thousand points. Crosby's correct. Yeah, Ovechkin's correct. You got three of seven. Let's go. Uh, now here's a, you got two. You got one pair of the teammates. What's the other one? Backstrom. Yeah. There you go. Three uh, more. Uh, two in the west, uh, one in the east. In the west. Uh, two of them are captains of their teams. Ooh. Ooh. Patty Kane, Andre Kopitar, oh, okay. and Patrice Bergeron. Kopitar. Okay, Bergeron. I, I know Kopitar's the one who always surprises people, but that dude's been like He's a seventy-point player for like fifteen years. So I don't know if that math adds up, but sure, why not? Uh, oh, and the Kings beat the Coyotes five to three. Kopitar was the first star in that game. Speaking of the devil. Tonight's slate, Senators and Rangers. Alex Formanton did not sign. He's not eligible to play in the NHL this season. Maybe he'll go play in Europe. 5 o'clock start there. Creds and Islanders at 5.30 at 6. It's the Blue Jackets and the Jets. Week 13 of the NFL got underway last night with Thursday Night Football. The Bills taking on the Patriots. Buffalo still looking for their first win within the division. First quarter after a Bills drive stalls and ends with a 48-yard Tyler Bass field goal. New England would have their only real exciting offense with the drive of the game. That was courtesy of a 48-yard catch and run from Marcus Jones, catching the pass from Mac Jones. I saw this on the box score, and I yeah. thought that Mac Jones had caught a 48-yard <laughs> touchdown pass. M. Jones? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> wow, that's a fun trick play. Pats led 7-3 after one, but in the second quarter, Josh Allen went to work. He finds Stephon Diggs to complete a nice nine-play, 82-yard drive. Bills go back in front 10-7. They get the bill. They get the ball back and go on a magnificent drive against a real good Pats defense. Allen finds his second favorite target to go up two scores before the half. Josh looks, gonna throw, pressured, moves to his right out of the pocket, looks into the end zone, can't find anybody. Chase to the sideline, fires into the end zone, and it is caught. Gabe Davis makes the catch in the end zone. 17-7 at the half. Nothing going in the third and the fourth. Buffalo would close it out. Motion Singletary to the right side. Josh gives it to Devin Singletary, cruises into the end zone, touchdown Buffalo. Final score, 24-10. to 10. Under the total, Bills cover the spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have seen the video of Mac Jones yelling at Matt Patricia, pass the ball, the run game bleeping sucks. Uh, we don't have the audio because they didn't have the audio, but they showed the, the video, and I don't know, you don't have to be... A genius to uh, read lips there. It's frustrating watching that that offense. See what they do. They look so good against Minnesota one week ago, and then last week at home, or this last night at home, 
It's back to the old Matt Patricia. They cannot run the ball. Ramondre Stevenson, longest run, 16 yards. Yep. Mac Jones was, eh, he had, a, he had an interception <laughs> turned back because it was ruled out that he didn't catch the ball. Just not clicking right now for the Patriots, and they're losing ground for that final playoff spot in the AFC now, dropping two in a row. Who would you rather have, Mac Jones or Zach Wilson? Mac Jones. I still think there's is some good close? in Mac Jones. No, it's not close. Okay. I still I think Mac Jones is progressing. I think you can see uh, some some good things out of Mac Jones. I think the offense is, is holding them back there. I think Matt Patricia is holding them back. Uh, they were a playoff team last year mm-hmm. with Josh McDaniels running the offense. So I think if they just get some proper offensive minds in there, sure, I think Mac Jones will be fine. From the NBA, uh, the Raptors back at tonight. And this one going to be on Sportsnet for you. Uh, they're going to visit the Nets. They'll try to bounce back after an ugly performance against the Pelicans earlier in the week. Boy, was it ugly. That was back <laughs> on Wednesday. Yeah, Zion went to town. Yeah, we were kind of watching that one over our shoulder in the bar there. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they are getting shelled. Uh, outscored 74-47 in the first half. They'll look to right the ship at 530 tonight. Once again, that game is against the Nets, and it's going to be on Sportsnet. A couple of local notes before we get to our soccer report. Uh, AHL, the Wranglers are going to visit the Ducks affiliate, the Gulls, this weekend. Both those games are going to start at 7 if you're going to watch the stream as they're on the road. Matt Phillips, player of the month of November in the entire AHL. Mm. Nine goals and 18 points to lead the entire AHL in points this past November. Um... Yeah, we'll just leave the beam. We don't really have time to get into that. Uh, the Hitman Teddy Bear Toss Sunday. They host the Tigers at 7 o'clock tonight. Teddy Bear Toss, one of my favorite games on the entire sports calendar oh, yeah. in Calgary all season long. It's going to be a 2 o'clock start. We'll have your pregame show at 1 o'clock. Uh, tonight, Brad Curl's going to have the call of the Hitman and the Tigers. That'll be at 7 o'clock. Logan Gordon will have your pregame at 6. And also, Stamps fans, locker room sale goes Saturday at McMahon. All the game-worn gear and swag, go on down and uh, pick some of that up. Get some cleats? Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. A bucket, maybe? I'm going to get some, some gloves. size 20 cleats that can't fit. <laughs> but I'm going to try anyways. I want Zach Williams' cleats. <laughs> All right. You sure. can have them. Uh, that's it. And good night and good luck to you, that sir. That is the morning report. It's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue and 3rd Street Southeast. Almost uh, at the end of the hour here, but before we do that, we got to check in. It is the final day of group play at that big tournament down in Qatar. It's time for our soccer report. Yes, and the soccer report is brought to you by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. Uh, we'll start with Canada playing their final match in Qatar, taking on Morocco. Uh, rough start from the Canadians. Steven Vittoria with a weak pass back to Milan Borion. And Borion with a giant pizza up the middle right to Hakim Zayech. 1-0 to the Atlas Lions. Morocco would get their second about 18 minutes later from Youssef El Nasri. Canada would get their second goal of the tournament just uh, before the half, uh, thanks to uh, an own goal. Uh, Atiba Hutchinson would almost get a goal late off his head, but it didn't quite cross the line. Morocco wins the group. Canada still without a win at the big old footy tourney. Belgium would do everything but score, kind of like Canada against them. Uh, Croatia looked very ordinary. They're not good. Uh, it's, it's really, they beat Canada, but they're not good right now. Uh, game would end nil-nil. Croatia move on to take on Japan 
in the round of 16. Belgium's golden generation gets shut out from winning a trophy. Roberto, Roberto Martinez resigned following that game as manager. Group E, take a bow. That was some electric games yesterday. Germany, you're going home. Despite beating Costa Rica 4-2 and drawing with Spain, ultimately it was their defeat to Japan in the opener that would see them head home for a second tournament in a row. First time that's ever happened. Uh, regarding your pick, uh, George, I was going to say George was here. I was going to make fun of him, but uh, uh, George, uh, I hope yeah, so. what do you want? Uh, what, are, what are you telling me? What are you telling me about my picks? Yeah. Tommy actually texted me. He's like, he wanted me to play the clip of him uh, saying the Germans would struggle. We'll find it for eight fifty. <laughs> Tommy's uh, Tommy wants receipts. Oh, he wants receipts. Uh, I hope uh, I hope Serbia can give you a little love later on, Georgie. I know you're not feeling good, but damn, uh, I love that Tommy's yeah. like, yeah, make sure they know. Japan, uh, they they just need to play two. They just need to play second halves. It seems down one nil to Spain. They've got two goals within a couple of minutes. Ritsu Doan and Ayo Tanaka send the Blue Samurai faithful into tears of joy. Japan move on as group winners. Spain, because of their superior goal difference, move on over Germany. Today, the final match day for group stage games. As G and H bring us home, coming up at 8 a.m. Group H will see Portugal already through take on the Korea Republic. Korea need a win and hope Ghana lose to Uruguay for them to advance. Ghana and Uruguay meeting for the first time since their controversial handball at the 2010 tournament from Luis Suarez. Mm. This match will have a ton of Lu- tension. Is Luis Suarez the guy who bit the he one dude? Bites, yeah, he, 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 he bites. Good dude. He's not a good dude. He's not a good dude. He bites. He, <laughs> he bites. He's allowed to do that. He, he's allowed to do that. He uh, can bite. <laughs> Uh, a win from Ghana will put them in the knockout stage for the first time since 2010. Uruguay need a win and hope Portugal beat Korea. I'll have the permutations for Group G coming up at 8.50. And the Soccer Report is brought to you by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty for all the way. Did you see that the new uh, season for I Think You Should Leave is in production yes. right now? About time, Tim Robinson? Man. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. Drop around probably that next summer, I would think. That would be we great. To Netflix. That would be outside. I, I feel like spring. Maybe. Spring, maybe. maybe. Hopefully. Mid late spring. Let's go. Love that show. So good. Um, and I love referencing it because I know a lot of people don't watch it and, and they're probably confused. If you love, yeah, I know that it's a weird type of comedy that not <laughs> a lot of people like. Strange skits. Uh, hey, World Cup picks update. You mentioned Tommy wasn't wanted receipts. Um, five of us, myself, Patty Dumas, George Russick, Tom Wilden Jr., and Alex Brody all picked three teams. And if any of them win the World Cup, that person gets to drink and eat for free on, on a night on the town. Um, I picked Argentina, Denmark, and Wales. So I got Argentina going through. Dumas, three for three. Woo. Brazil, Netherlands, and Morocco. Although it's not very patriotic for you to pick Morocco. Just I just wanted to throw that out Why? there. Why? Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just I'm not picking. I'm, you know, I'm I just get saying, it. George okay. Dumas. Sorry, I was reading George. <laughs> just saying, uh, George Germany out, England in, uh, Ghana maybe getting in. So we'll see how he does. He's either going to go one and two, or two and one. Tommy has France in. Uh, Portugal's a lock, right? Are they? Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're locked. So Port- Portugal's also getting through. They just played today, so they haven't finished their set yet. And then he also had Canada, who have been eliminated. And then Alex, um, really hoping for South Korea today. Hey, Alex. Man, I, I, I started strong, but yeah, I need I need a South Korea dub today. But I, I'd like to see Ghana beat Uruguay as well, honestly. 
Belgium knocked out Spain in. So uh, we got plenty of options as uh, the round of 16 is, uh, when does that get going on? Saturday? Tomorrow. 8 a.m., Netherlands, USA. 1A versus 2B at 8 a.m., Netherlands versus the Americans. There will also be a match at noon tomorrow. Uh, we'll take a break. We're a little bit late, uh, but around the corner, we're just going to talk a little bit more flames. So that's coming at you next. And we're taking your texts. What do you suck at? We have some doozies on here. I'll read a few of them for you as we get around the corner. You're listening to uh, the big show in the morning. We're live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.